0: Hello, I'm Michael D.G. Eisenberg. I'm the Tech Savvy Lawyer, blogging at the techsavvylawyer.page and host of the techsavvylawyer.page podcast. In this podcast series, I'll be interviewing lawyers, judges, and others in the area of law to talk about where they see lawyers new and seasoned, taking advantage of technology in their legal work, and how all lawyers can utilize technology to better their practice, improve their services to their clients, and enhance their own lives. The podcast will try to stay focused, asking each guest three questions, and asking the guests to provide their top three best answers for each question asked. There is no right or wrong answer, as each tip may or may not be the right one for you, but it may springboard an idea for you, and along the way, you may learn something new. My next guest is Skylar Young. Skylar is a University of Illinois at Chicago's John Marshalls Law School student and a virtual law clerk with Vanden Weaver, LLC, located in Omaha, Nebraska. Schuyler is the 2020 recipient of the McCready Law Cyberbullying Awareness Scholarship and former legislative liaison for the Chicago Bar Association Cyber Law and Data Privacy Committee. Schuyler had reached out to me regarding a prior guest, and based on our conversations and her background, I thought she'd be a great guest. Schuyler, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Michael. I'm so excited to be here. Well, we're thrilled to have you, and let's get this started. So, tell us what is your current tech setup.
1: Yeah, so my current tech setup is just a MacBook Air. I got it in 2017, um, and that's all I use to work remote.
0: Now, I had uh, the opportunity to sort of peer into your office there. I I saw some monitors. Do you have some external monitors going on there?
1: We do. I have some Dell external monitors, um, and that's just when we want to do, like, a Teams meeting or a Zoom meeting with clients, it's just easier to do that with than on my Mac.
0: Now, it, it, so is this part of your office setup, or is this part of your personal setup, say, at home?
1: Yeah, this is pr- part of the office setup at the firm that I currently clerk for, and at home I do not have the luxury of having monitors.
0: <laughs> so you, you, you just have your, your um, Mac Airpop, uh, your Air Mac, excuse me?
1: Yes, exactly.
0: And so they let you br- uh, bring your own device to work? Yeah, it's great. Okay, excellent. And... Well, we'll sort of get into this in a minute, um, but can you tell us what uh, security precautions they make take?
1: Yeah, so we have um, ProSiris, and we do a virtual um, private network VPN um, to remote in. Mm-hmm. So all of that has to be able. It's not like I'm just getting on, you know, Joe Schmo's Wi-Fi on my laptop. Right, um, Get right. to, to remote in on my laptop. Um, and then I can't use any browser unless it's in the Prozone shield, which is um, how we kind of block everything. So I'm, it's not like I'm ever using Safari on my laptop. Everything is um, under the VPN.
0: So, wait, what is Prozone?
1: Yeah, so Prozone is a system that we use to, um, it's like a cloud um, computing software. Um, mm-hmm. so- it's SaaS. It's a software offered as a service that we mm-hmm. purchased as a firm. Um, and it has everything in the pro zone. So it's our cloud desktop that we can remote in and access anything from, you know, World Docs to Safari to Chrome to client share, whatever we need, hot docs. It's all in there.
0: And what kind of encryption does that have?
1: Um, I'm not sure.
0: Okay.
1: I, I would... I, yeah, I'm not I'm not sure.
0: Now, is ProZone specifically for lawyers or for anyone in, say, the professional field that has confidential private information?
1: Yeah, I'm pretty sure anyone who has confidential information can use this
0: service. Okay, excellent, excellent. Well, let's start with questions. Uh, so tell us, what are three pieces of tech or software attorneys can use to find screen and hire support staff? You know, paralegals, law clerks, associates?
1: Yeah, I think this is a really... Um, timely question right now. So I think it's great that you're asking this, Michael. Um, You know, because we are in a pandemic, (laughs) it's so important to use what we have. Um, And I know this is going to sound maybe a little trite to people, but every single job that I have gotten in law school has been through Mm -hmm. LinkedIn. Okay. I cannot recommend LinkedIn enough, both for people looking for jobs in the legal field and also law
0: firms. I saying, so, so through LinkedIn, how is it that you're screening these individuals?
1: So it's all up to the law firm and the application that they want to put out on their profile.
0: <laughs> um,
1: but something that I think is really cool is that whoever it is at your firm who's in, in charge of this is they can use search operators that are specific to LinkedIn to, LinkedIn to <laughs> find specific law candidates. So, you know, on Westlaw, you can type in certain search words. Um, okay, right, and right. Using quotes. The same thing as in, with LinkedIn. So mm-hmm. if I'm looking for a very specific legal case manager who also has a um, background in immigration cases, I can tailor that search on LinkedIn to find those people.
0: So sort of like a bullying search that you would use on Westlaw or Lexis?
1: It's exactly the same thing, Yep. Yeah.
0: Okay, excellent. But when I say vetting them I also mean how do you how does the interview go how's their background check go first I guess you know how how do you confirm who they are and that they have the experience that they claim that they do
1: yeah so if they're just doing um, a basic you know quick profile seeing the ad on LinkedIn Mm -hmm. and then clicking it they're not giving you any of that background information at least not how um, we've been doing it. So that would be another added layer of a pre-screening test that you would need to do. But I do know that based on certain profiles, like I have premium LinkedIn um, background check is already done for me when I'm applying to these
0: jobs. And and what does the background check do?
1: You know, I think that's through, I could be wrong, Michael, but I think that's through LinkedIn and I think LinkedIn just vets and verifies my, identify that who I am is actually who I am, but I could be wrong on that.
0: But do they, do they verify or vet that, you know, if you worked at uh, firm A and firm B that they'll confirm that you actually did work at firm A and firm B?
1: I hope so. Do they not?
0: (laughs) Uh, You you know, I, I don't know myself. Um, To be honest, I've never hired through LinkedIn, uh, you know, the positive, Experience that you're talking about at LinkedIn is something that's um, not something I'm familiar with, quite honestly. And you know, being a, a solo practitioner for nearly 15 years, um, I, I haven't really had to go out and find a job. And the staff that I use is either through some sort of remote uh, receptionist service, or if I'm going to get a paralegal or a law clerk, I typically apply at one of the local law schools. Uh, right to, to get law students who, you know, have to go through my interview process, not that it's like, you know, security clearance kind of stuff, but, it, you know, it goes through a couple of hoops just to make sure that I know who they are and who I'm getting. Um, right. So what I'm trying to figure out is, at least for the listener, is, well, if I find someone in LinkedIn, you know, I don't want to get ghosted with, you know, Joe Schmo.
1: Right. Yeah. No, you, I mean, again, so there i don't actually think that linkedin is going to be checking to see that you have worked for you know whatever law firm that you said you worked for i think that that would need to be done in the the follow-up um and you know that's also kind of the downfall with any social media platform is you're going to get people who are not real who are you know what i mean that's kind of they're going to get
0: ghosted right they're going to get they're going to get ghosted so so at least to find the initial candidates, you're, you're saying that um, you and your, your boss are finding good candidates through, through LinkedIn.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: So, so then once you've, you've narrowed it down and you're going through the interview process, how, are, how is that being conducted, especially given COVID?
1: Sure. So the interview process is a little different in uh, Omaha,
0: because mm-hmm.
1: you, you can come into the firm if you follow the precautions that we have put in place, which is, includes like a mandatory mask and social distancing. Um, but something that I actually just did was a pre-screening test. Uh-huh. Um, and so we have automated questions tailored to the needs and cultures of our firm. Right. Um, and included that as a second phase for candidates to
0: fill out. And then when you've narrowed that down, are you doing uh, on-site interviews? Are you doing it remotely? Are you?
1: Yep, we do both. So if the client is okay with coming in, mm-hmm. then they will come in. Um, and but that's but, but,
0: but the- wait, I, but wait, wait, wait. Forgive me. I'm talking about hiring staff.
1: Sorry. Yeah. I said client because that's on my mind. But yeah, staff will, um, interested staff will come mm-hmm.
0: in. Okay. So the- and have you conducted anything just remotely, you know, through video?
1: Yes, through Zoom. Okay. Um, but that's not been as popular as people actually coming in.
0: So I take it then you're then mostly hiring locally?
1: Yeah, definitely in the Omaha, and the West Omaha area, it's all local. But, I mean, I am from Chicago, and I've met my boss in Chicago, so... <laughs> We do also hire outside of Omaha, but for particularly right now, it's local.
0: Okay, okay. And is there any software used for background checks to, or to reach out to their prior employers to find out who who they've worked with, that they did work for, and how they they performed?
1: Yeah, there's currently no software that we use to run those background checks. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's all gonna be done you know, by someone at the firm working in HR, calling that person's particular resume. Mm -hmm. But I mean, I definitely could see other firms or even maybe solo practitioners using a virtual paralegal and going through a website that, you know, kind of vets all of those candidates already. And those are pretty uh, affordable, depending on the type of, you know, paralegal that you need. Someone answering phones or data entry or legal assistant.
0: Now, now, is your firm using uh, virtual staff or? No, actually, I was
1: the only virtual staff uh, working, and that was even before COVID, but now I'm here in Omaha, so we don't have anyone working virtually.
0: So you mentioned that you're working virtually. Yes. Uh, how did you sell that to your boss?
1: Yes. So last summer, I was here in Omaha clerking, and then they extended my clerkship, but I had to return back to Chicago for law school. Mm-hmm. Um. And honestly, it was the technology. We, we had everything set up. We had the ProZone. I had the VPN. So it was easier for them to keep someone than go through the process of hiring a new clerk.
0: So you mentioned that they allow you to use your personal device, uh, which is obviously used for both school and work and for personal use. Did they make you put any software requirements on your computer to make sure that you know firm stuff is always secure?
1: Not besides the virtual private network and the, the ProZone and ProSyrus. Um When I first started doing it, Proserus mm-hmm. and I had um, a video conference and they kind of took over the capabilities of my computer just to download and install everything. All right. Um, and I have like periodic check-ins with IT through uh, ProSiris, but that's it.
0: Do they make you encrypt your hard drive? Do specific types of back- backups? Pardon me?
1: Yeah, we all do um, backups on the firm desktops, but that's actually mm-hmm. a really great point. I have never done a backup on my hard drive of my computer using anything for
0: the firm. Have you used? Have you? Well, then uh, on a more personal note, do how do you back up your computer for your stuff?
1: I have um, the
0: cloud. And if I'm asked, what are you using? AWS. Okay. And are you using any other forms of backup?
1: No, I am not. Uh, like a hard drive? No.
0: Yeah, a, a hard drive. Well, there's, there's the concept of three, two, one. If you have one computer, you should have two different um, types of backups, You know, perhaps one on-site and then one off-site. And then uh, of those two types, you should have a total of three backups. So a a backup, say, through Dropbox, a backup through, I think you said AWS, or uh, what I use is Backblaze. And then, of course, also an extra backup uh, of your hard drive on-site. Okay. The three two one. So it's something you might want to consider.
1: Yeah, I like that idea. That's cool.
0: And yeah, I I believe you can also, I did an early article on it, I think, last year that you should be able to find. I'll I'll put that in the show notes and also send you a link uh, later. So, from your perspective, as it appears law schools are going to be remote learning, um, what are three, and that you're also working remotely, what are three pieces of tech software can attorneys and law firms use to keep communications consistent within and outside the firm?
1: Yeah, so this first one I actually picked up, um, this is so I, this has nothing to do with the law, but um, through uh, working at my CrossFit gym, um, I'm part of the staff there, and we use something called Slack. I'm sure you know it.
0: Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah.
1: Very um, popular. I love Slack. And actually, um, just as a further plug, when you're trying to get referrals for hiring new staff, there's actually numerous public channels um, that attorneys and law firms can use to find staff that way as well. So Slack, I think, is one of the best ways to collaborate. Um, and you can literally begin it from the moment you get to the firm till five o'clock, six o'clock, whenever you leave. There's just so many different things that you can do with it. Um, From having private channels with different teams in your law firm to being part of public channels. Um, And I just think that email is the worst way to do anything collaborative.
0: (laughs) Well, well, let me, um, I want to take this one step back. You said that Slack can also be used through public channels to find new recruits. Yeah, and how's that done? I've, I, I, you know, I've, I hadn't heard, and that's probably from my own, uh, my own ignorance that how strong uh, LinkedIn is with regards to finding new employees. Um, how is that with Slack? So, what's going on with that?
1: Yeah. So it's. So, for example, um, there are some public channels called announcement channels and referral mm-hmm. channels, mm-hmm. and that is people. And you can set it, you know, whatever geographic region you're in, and it's just people in the community, in the legal community, posting about either uh, hirings or referrals of sources of people, paralegal staff that mm-hmm. they are saying are looking for a certain job in a particular field in
0: the law. It's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I've, I've honestly never heard of that. And that's, that, that is very interesting to me. And I'm sure to the, the listener, I, um, as a possible resource, resource, excuse me, to find new, new staff, whether it's, you know, receptionists or law clerks or possibly associates. Yeah. Uh, so you, you shared one, I, I'm going to drag two more out of you.
1: Yeah, great. So in addition to Slack, mm-hmm. um, I really like this tool called Quip. Have you heard of it?
0: No, please. What is it?
1: Okay, Quip. It's, it's an all-in-one, um, basically, way to manage and create projects. So, okay. you know, as a clerk, I didn't realize how big the word checklists would be in the, in the <laughs> law firm. Right, right. But everything is make a checklist, do this, automate a checklist. So, when it comes to managing a project, there are so many things involved, right? You have memos, you have emails, you have texts. Right, right. Now we have recorded Zoom calls. Um, and so basically with Quip, it's this tool that allows you to start with your checklist, but then you mm-hmm. can upload whatever files you need to upload. Images, hyperlinks, spreadsheets, Zoom calls, and you can build the project on this interface. But what I really like about it is you can tag people. And when I say people, I mean other staff, other attorneys, mm-hmm. in your project through Quip. So kind of like... Teams, kind of like uh, Slack, you can literally put the people in to the specific areas of the project that you want. And once you're tagged, you know, using the at symbol, they're on notice to to do that part.
0: It's really cool. Is this a project focused or is it also dealing like a a client uh, relations management program?
1: It's... It can be used as both, but I really think it's good for um communicating with and communicating and collaborating um within teams within the law firm on specific projects
0: okay okay and and then how well what do you use Femask for mask uh, for your c r m
1: sure so so yeah, I love avo it's a customer customer relationship management software okay um, and so for me, I just think that you know, as another SaaS product, it's the data again is stored in the cloud, um, accessed via web browser. And the primary feature is automatic tracking um of potential clients and contacts from online right. sources. Okay. So something that we were doing was every day uh we would get a spreadsheet saying, Okay, here are your daily calls, right? These are the people who have called the law firm. But what like what is, what's that data showing on the Excel spreadsheet? You know, like who's looking at that? Who cares who we called? But actually that's really invaluable information. So what Ava will do as a CRM is it's going to optimize the effectiveness of our marketing by saying, here are the people who have called you. They're going to start tracking those numbers and that data. Um, And then it's a way for us to really utilize and look at that call log to say, okay, Who's calling us? Are they calling us back? Are these people referrals? Um, how much is it costing us to make these calls? How likely is that caller to hire our firm? Um, so it's a way to really track that data
0: when it comes to our marketing. So that's regarding marketing. What about when you actually have the client? What do you use for that?
1: Yeah, sure. So we will use our Citrix share file. hmm and that's just on the actual like client interface of the website.
0: All right.
1: Um, and that, that's where their portal is, and they can you know, do document sharing and um, kind of automate, fill out any forms they need to uh, do intake forms with, and that's all through the website.
0: So then what are you using for deadlines and part of the, you know, like filing deadlines and another yeah. client information like that?
1: Sure, so if we have any sort of deadlines, that's all gonna go on you know, all of our calendars. Everything's connected through Office 365 and then also through Practice Master. So if we're getting you know, an email saying this client came in, this is a new client intake form, it automatically generates a task on our task list when we're mm-hmm. on Practice Master. Um, and that also imports into our calendar on Teams. Um, through Office 365. But there's no like, um, in, t- in terms of like litigation or anything like that, we don't have that. Um, so everything is just being done through our calendars, through our email, and through Office 365. But that's how we track everything when it comes to tasks.
0: Okay, so Practice Manager really is your, your CRM?
1: Yes. It's, okay. Yes.
0: So I guess I was a little confused. We're using, I guess Citrix is just so that for the clients to have access to documents.
1: Yeah, or is that it for, is. Okay. Go ahead. Yeah, no, yeah, it's the, it's the client center to like download any documents and also do file sharing. And then we also receive them on our end as well.
0: Okay, excellent. From your perspective as both a student and a, paral- a paralegal law clerk, what are three areas of tech software uh, that law firms are needing to be aware of that new hires may need to be trained on?
1: Yeah, so again, just talking about um, Practice Master, it's basically a timekeeper. Mm-hmm. And this is really huge um, because the thing that we don't learn in law school is that the law firm is a business. Um, it's, it's just, it is. And so right. learning how to keep track of your timekeeper is really important. And not only keeping track of your time, but effectively, using your timekeeper and effectively Mm -hmm. tracking what you're doing Um, because what a lot of us don't realize is those narratives that we write for whatever it is whatever client we're working on the client can see that narrative Um, and so we want to be making sure that we're writing what needs to be said um, what we did and make sure that our time is really efficient and a timekeeper is, it sounds simple, but it's really important when it comes to the nits and gritties of doing the day-to-day work.
0: Well, we have a timekeeper. What else do they need to know?
1: Sure, so I think another huge piece of this is whatever document management system you're using, um, law students need to be trained on this. It's not something that we're currently being taught at at most law schools, Um, and so Again, whatever document management tool you use, we use Docs, knowing how to name a file, save a file, find a file, edit a file, whatever version you're on. That is really important um, in making sure that you're helping the attorneys, whether you're a clerk, whether you're a paralegal, whether you're a founding member. Um, And a lot of students just have no idea what what kind of document management tools are out there. Well, so...
0: Help me understand something, you know, I, I've been using computers since 1980 and that's, you know, 40 years. And there's a lot of this just comes rather intuitive to me. So I guess that with computer, I'm sorry, with, with law students needing to use computers and software um, and they have to save their own files and their own backups and they have their own calendars. Uh, I guess, why is not it not more intuitive for them when they come over to a law firm to learn or adapt to a new system what is it that maybe you know we're not recognizing as the boss
1: sure i think it's the way that it is set up and configured i think when it comes to technology and particularly social media um one the interface looks really different and Mm -hmm. two i think um you know students are using that for their own personal use but when it comes to actually saving things filing things, naming things, nomenclature, that's really important. It's not intuitive to them um, because it's not normally how they interact with technology.
0: Okay, so the fact that they're using technology isn't necessarily translating over to knowing how to, you know, what's the word I want to say.
1: Yeah. Navigate and manipulate the actual document management tools.
0: Yeah, actually, that's that's what I'm trying to say. So that even though they know how to manipulate their social media, does it really mean that they know how to utilize the software that needs to be involved? Uh, That may translate over from social media stuff into the work arena.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Okay, And so we talked about um, we talked about two. We got one more to go.
1: Yeah, so this is going to again sound like, oh, well, of course, you're going to get this in law school, Um, but you're really not. And so something that I am really interested in and use a lot as a clerk is litigation analytics Um, can be done on Westlaw or Lexis for legal research. And so I would hope that most law students, you know, if you're on Westlaw, you see the key site, you know, overruling a case, you have yellow and the red and the green flags. Um, but something now that has really helped my research, and honestly the attorneys will become you know, impressed with you as a law student and also as an associate, is the Keysight Overruling Risk that's just come out. Um, oh. And it kind of alerts you to situations in which a case may no longer be good law. Um, and this is all through AI, right? And so I think something that we need to start really focusing on as law clerks and law students is the fact that AI technology can and will replace what we have to do as clerks, right? Because a lot of it's research. Um, But until that happens, I think getting really, really well-equipped at using these litigation analytic and research analytic techniques are going to really set them above and beyond. Um, And so I think it's important to stay abreast of those changes within Westlaw Um, and if you lose, use Lexis also with LexisNexis.
0: Excellent. Excellent. Well, so tell me Skylar, where can people find you?
1: Yeah. So I, again, started it. I'm going to end it with this. I'm on LinkedIn. I love LinkedIn. (laughs) And I really suggest, I know a lot of us are living on pennies and nickels in law school, but Mm -hmm. I really suggest getting a premium account. Um, again, that's just really helped me find jobs and it even gives me that kind of like percentage that I have at, you know, getting the job and being a successful applicant. So if you just search me on LinkedIn, um, mm-hmm. of course my profile is private, but um, I will, um, I message people all the time. So just Skylar Young. Um, okay. and I have a Facebook, don't have a Twitter. Um, so LinkedIn is the best place to find me.
0: Well, let me ask you this. You, you say that using LinkedIn is good for finding work what are two other benefits to having a premium subscription to LinkedIn uh, yeah. that, you know, I might need?
1: So um, I think just your network um, is something that can really expand with premium mm-hmm. um, and the types of things that you can see on other people's profiles. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just think that having, you know, a LinkedIn premium is worth your money because you can only have it if you just want it for, you know, you do a one month trial, you can. Um, you can see who's looked at your profile. So if I'm a law firm, I can see who's showing interest in my profile. Um, and I think that that's also really good for law firms, but also for, you know, law students to see what lawyers and law firms are looking at their profile. And so I just think having that additional data um, to see how you're gaining traction is really important.
0: Excellent. Excellent. Well, Scholar, I want to thank you for being a guest on my podcast today.
1: Yeah, this was so much fun. Thanks for having me, Michael.
0: Thank you for joining me on this episode of the techsavvylawyer.page podcast. I hope you enjoy yourself, learn something new, and we'll come back in about two Tuesdays for another podcast. If you have any ideas about the presentation, questions about what we discussed today, or ideas about future episodes, please leave comments at the blog or email me directly at michaeldj at the page. Have a great day and happy learning.